do you want an excuse to wear a fascinator or a gorgeous hat? Well, the first Saturday in May is coming up. So we are talking derby today with Susan Brown from Louisville, Kentucky. And she is going to tell us how it's done. Hi there. You're listening to Happy Hostess Podcast with Christy Lalonde. I'll be sharing episodes each week to help you entertain and welcome guests into your home without all the stress. There will be guest interviews with party planning and hospitality experts that share their secrets to becoming a confident hostess. So get comfortable as we find the joy in celebrating life's big and small moments. Hello, and welcome to the 22nd episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. Today is so exciting because I have Susan Brown of For Pete's Sake Pottery here. She is from Louisville, so she is going to give us the lowdown on all things derby parties and how it's actually celebrated in the city of Louisville. I met Susan a few years ago at a pop-up shop she had in Lexington at Draper James and just fell in love with her and her creations. I know that you are going to feel the same way while you listen to her on today's episode. Susan, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Christy. I feel the same way about you. Day I met you, I still remember. And I was like, what a nice person. I love that you had come out and joined us and we got to meet in person. So it's a great friendship. It was very fun. And I'm so glad that it worked out that I could come that day because I did feel like I knew you instantly. (laughs) (laughs) Feeling was mutual. (laughs) Well, Susan, why don't you start with telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Well, I'm Susan Brown. I am the artist and founder of For Pete's Sake Pottery. I started my adventure in art as a child, studied it intensely through high school, graduated from college with a degree in graphic design. However, it was at the time, I always say that um, was before Apple computers. So that's dating me a bit. However, (laughs) um, I always say I was a true cut and paste major because at that time you would wax the text to put on your things and have it photostat to make the print of your... It was just such a long and laborious process. Um, And if computers ever go out, I will be able to help you. (laughs) um, I didn't really believe in myself and I didn't believe that I had anything to give. So I went into retail, um, which I had a huge passion for and worked in management and opening stores and running them. Loved every aspect of that. And then when my husband and I got married and had our first child, I was pregnant, working all the time, didn't have time to do anything. And I really wanted to paint a mural and I hadn't painted in a really long time. So I always say that Peter, once he was being born or what conceived was he, he woke the sleeping artist in me because he woke that part of me that I had kind of buried and went back to work, babysitter quit. And we decided I would stay home. Um, had absolutely no money. So I started painting again to just earn extra money. Long story short, it's for Pete's sake because Pete is our one and only child that we were able to have. And I started it so that I could stay home with him and do, you know, provide extras as we needed it. Today, he's 25 and works alongside of me. And I could not live a better life. (laughs) It makes me so happy that this all has worked out in this way. 
Oh, I bet. And what does Pete think about working at a company that has his name on it, but he didn't plan? I was really nervous. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if he, you know, how he's going to feel, but honestly, he's been here the whole time and it's grown organically. So I love having conversations with him now because he's kind of taken over the operations and he's taken over um, a lot of the analytics for me and helping me, you know, if I'm like, I need this and I need to know this. And he'll lay it out for me and process it. And he has such insight because he's been here since the beginning. And he knows all of our, you know, my processes and the way I work. So it's been wonderful. And he loves it and has great ideas. So it's awesome. You are so lucky to be able to work with your son. cannot, Cannot say it enough. He is my gift. Now, how long have you lived in Louisville? Um, we've lived here our whole life. I actually started dating my husband when we were 15, almost 16 in high school and dated through college and got married right after. And so we always have lived within like, I think five or seven miles of our, our childhood homes, <laughs> which is kind of funny, but we love it here. Well, you are definitely the expert then to talk about Derby with since you have many, many, many years of Derby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you've actually, when you talk about Derby, you actually have had an exciting collaboration lately, haven't you? Yes. I work with Canvas Style and they are a earring and jewelry design company that's wonderful to work with. And we took some of my art that I've used on pottery and in door hangers in the past and created earrings out of them. And so they're so fun and festive. They're available this year and they've been selling so well. You can get them in stores or you can get them through the Canvas Style website. And they're just, they're darling. We've got like a blue chin wassery type pattern that's my signature. We have a pink and green jockey silk. And as you'll uh, hear as I continue talking, uh, Derby's all about color and just mixing and matching and bright and fun. And all of these earrings are go right into that. I'll definitely link Canvas Style in the show notes because they are so pretty. So, so cute. I mean, you can wear them with jeans and a t-shirt. You can wear them with your dressy dress. It'll, they're just perfect. And some of them have little pearls on them and some of them are just simple dangles. Yes, they are so cute. And their earrings are wonderful because they are great quality, but they're not heavy on your ears. Um, I love them. Love, love them. I do too. And they've got a whole equestrian line that coordinates with like bracelets, with the horse bits and horseshoes and, you know, different pendants. It's beautiful. Yes. I love that horse bit bracelet. I I think I have every color. (laughs) Now, for those that are listening that aren't like really familiar with Derby, you want to give us a brief little history about it? The Kentucky Derby, I learned recently is the longest running sporting event in the United States, which is really cool because I did not know that. And it's here in Louisville. It was started in 1875 and it runs every year, the first Saturday in May in Louisville, Kentucky. And it's the first part of the Triple Crown, which is the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness and the Belmont. I think that's the order that it goes in for horses to win all three races. And since we're the kickoff, our city just comes alive. Starting right after Easter, it will be beautiful all the way through the first weekend of May. 
Now, growing up, how did you celebrate the Derby? It's funny. We, um, my mom and dad always went. So I was always aware of, you've got to have your dress. Do you have your shoes? Do you have your handbag? Do you have your hat? And it was always fun to help mom pick out and do those things. And you also have to worry for Saturday in May could be really cold, but it could be really hot. It could be raining. So being a native, you learned like you have to, it's similar to parties, as you know, being a hostess is you have to have everything planned out and everything for every occasion that could happen, every incident, you know. We would, as children, babysit, and that was always awesome money because my older sister and I would babysit and split the day because you're there from typically 8 or 9 a.m. People start getting ready to go to the track, and they stay out well past midnight having dinners. So it's a wonderful day to make money. So as a child, we were like, that was the fun. Then when you get old enough, you can go to the infield or the track, and then it graduates to you go to the seats, and then you want to go to Millionaire's <laughs> Row, and <laughs> then you host at home. <laughs> so, yes, it's a, it's a it's a party all the entire time from like I said from Easter until May sixth this year will be a party. Now you all even get off school, don't you? Like yes. the public schools, it's a joke that we say. Oh, we we get out for drinking and gambling and. <laughs> But the honest part of it is we need the school buses and the school parking lots for people to park. So for transportation, so they have given the the county schools off so that they can stay home. And the the amount of teachers that would call in sick or ask for that day off was so huge that they wouldn't have enough staff anyways. And the kids wouldn't. So we do get off for Derby, yes. (laughs) So how many days is it just... Really Friday. Okay. It's Friday, the Oaks Day, the day before. Okay. That's I think what I thought. People do miss school during the early part of the week because their parents may take them to Dawn at the Downs where you can go and see the horses, do their warm-ups and things like that. But they bring them into school late. It's it's really an easy week just because everyone's in such a festive mood. Right. Not much work is going to get done that week. No. <laughs> Don't plan on it. <laughs> so for those that are hosting a party during der- Derby, what does that usually look like in Louisville? Hosting a party can be anything. It is absolutely crazy, but we can go from you are going to the races. So you might host a brunch at your house and you would just have some light appetizers and drinks and everybody meets and then heads to the track. You also have people that have an entire day of open house, so to speak, where we typically do it where my son plays, Peter has a band, and so they'll play on the deck and the the doors are open. You can come anytime, you can hang out, you might be here for the race, you might be home for the race, you might be at another party. So there's a lot of popping in and out of different people's neighborhood parties, house parties, You also might have a business party. And so a lot of businesses and corporate events are happening and they will have, you know, you at a restaurant and have brunch, take you in a bus to the track, bring you back for dinners. So there is absolutely every single kind of party happening simultaneously. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. It sounds so fun. It really is. It's so funny because... You know, I live in Lexington and that's just an hour away. Yes. And we, of course, are celebrating, but it is very different. 
than, <laughs> than what you are describing. You're either going to the track or yes. you're hosting a party or going to a party or going to Keeneland to watch. Yes. Um, and kind of like tail, like sort of like tailgate, I say yes. there. Um, so I must say that sounds like a lot more fun. <laughs> it ours. is. And it's very relaxed because everyone's just having such a good time that there's no pressure to, you know, stay at any house any particular amount of time if you're if you're bop, be bopping around, <laughs> so to speak. Right. You really just, it's fun and festive and you could even just stay home if you want and watch the race. And some people do that. So what would you say are the key elements that every derby party needs? It has to be fun. <laughs> so there's usually games. So there might be like a jumpy bounce for the kids that, I mean, we go, there are no stops left unturned, you know, no stone left unturned, in the, so to speak. You can have jumpy bounces. You might have little like fake horse races. You could have, you know, play a deck of cards. You might be playing cornhole. You could have best dressed, best hat, best, you know, everything kind of contest you could think of at these events. That's one thing. So fun. The second one, food obviously should have been first alphabetically and because it is (laughs) (laughs) the key ingredient, but yes, it is so wonderful because people have like appetizers of, you know, little tiny Benedictine sandwiches. We'll have little beef tenderloin sandwiches, pimento cheese, um, beer cheese, deviled eggs. There are bourbon balls are a plenty. Gosh, let's think. We just uh, feel like everything and all the food's festive and decorated. Like there'll be horseshoe cookies and derby jockey silk cookies. So food for sure. Um, Alcohol is definitely um, even, you know, um, drinking in a julep cup, even, you know, for the kids, we'll just do like the Shirley Temple type drink or sodas. Big vats of, you know, I know that a lot of people do those giant buckets full of drinks and they're just every, all the, you know, every kind of soda, every kind of water bottle, but then there's a full bar with bourbon. That That's important. <laughs> so I'd say food, fun, beverages, and color. Color is definitely important. The horse's silks are also bright and cheery. And so everyone takes that and kind of, and it's a lot, the whole city's alive. Red roses are the flowers for the Derby. So red roses are everywhere in the city. Your centerpieces will typically have red roses. And I mean, look at Pinterest. There's so much out there for Derby. Yes. Now the mint julep is the official drink, I should yes. say. And um, do do people in Louisville actually usually serve it's, that? No, it's gross. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, Kentucky, but <laughs> I know. I mean, it's like $150 for the drink at the Derby. And most people take one sip and are like, this is yuck. It's awful. So we drink out of the mint julep, but typically for me, I'll put flowers in it. You know, we use it for decor more so than anything. You'll have the the, the mint julep, the julep cup is iconic. So you use that in your decorating. Put red roses in that and put it on your tabletop. That is good advice. You'll compelled to drink a mint julep, in my opinion. Now, the lily cocktail that is on the Oaks Day is the Oaks is a run for the fillies, which are the lady horses, and it's um, they win lilies. 
So there's a drink called the Lily and that is fantastic. So if you have a recipe, you can link on there. Okay. That's the one. (laughs) The drink for Derby. Do you know what's in that? I haven't had it. I think it's vodka and cranberry juice and simple syrup. It's something really simple and delicious. Maybe a little bit of lime. I can send you one actually. Well, that sounds a lot better than yes, a mint it's delicious. So I like the lily, even though it's Derby Day. <laughs> Typically, everyone does a... Um, we cut out all of the um, horse... Get the, the lineup of all the horses in the newspaper that day. And then you cut it out and do a drawing for the horses. And so there's, in our family, at least, we always have a pot that you put the money in and then so you just draw it out and whoever wins, wins the Derby. And it makes it more fun to watch the race, even if you're not invested in any of the horses or you know a lot about the horse racing. Right. That's one way that you can participate that's really fun. That is fun. So like everyone that wants to participate puts in... A dollar or five dollars. Right. My father-in-law would always do it and he would did it for the grandkids and would put in $5 for each kid. And they had so much fun because you would draw it out. And, you know, even the cousins out of town, we draw for them. And then you watch the race and you're cheering. And then you're like, who has the winning horse? And yes, it it's so much more exciting. And then one of those kids goes home with, a, you know, a little pocket full of money. And so, yeah, we bet in Kentucky and we give gambling money. <laughs> yeah. We have to teach them young. We have to teach them young how to bet their money and win. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I like to ask all of my guests, uh, what does hospitality really mean to you? Hospitality, that's, I thought about that. And to me, it is being generous and kind and welcoming to any of your guests. One of the stores that I managed was Harold's. I don't know if you remember that, but it was Harold's Allen's. I'm saying Harold's and the other. And he had an acronym that just was wonderful for customer service, but it was, you know, step beyond. And so it was like, say hello, treat them to a Coke, engage in conversation, present your product with knowledge. And Harold's theory was you would never invite someone into your house and not offer them a drink. You'd say, welcome, come in. Would you like something to drink? Do you want to sit down? And those are the first steps in etiquette. And that is the first steps in hospitality of making someone feel welcome wherever they are. So I believe in extending your kindness, your generosity, and making people feel welcome. I didn't know Harold's did that. It's been so long. I didn't remember that. You offered every single person that came in that store. You had a you offered them a Coke or a coffee and we had a candy bowl and it was just, he had it right. You would never yes. have someone in your... And I think about it every time someone comes over. I'm like, it's innate without me realizing it. But I'm always like, oh, come on in. Do you want some to drink? And it's, it is genuinely such a good feeling for the recipient to feel so welcomed. Yes, and I loved that store. Oh, um, that but I, it's funny I don't remember that, but I'm sure that was a you know part of that experience. Yeah, but he he nailed customer service. He nailed you know getting people to feel welcome, and the store was set up like a home. It had the rugs, the you know the beautiful bookcases, and yes. everything. So it was like he said, you when you're welcoming them into the store, you're welcoming them into your home. That is, I love that beautiful idea. Yes, I really do. And transitioning it into retail. That's just brilliant. And that's why I'm such a stickler for customer service. I believe (laughs) (laughs) it's 
Thank you, Harold. (laughs) Well, how do you keep stress to a minimum when you're entertaining? I believe prep is a big part of it. So I try to figure out, like we are having derby this year. So I've already started a list of like, what are some key ingredients that I need? Are there any serving dishes I need? Are there any platters I want to make for it? Um, (laughs) So I typically start and then, you know, start collecting it so that I just have it. Definitely plan your menu ahead of time and then delegate it as much as possible because everyone's happy to help and there's no reason for you to knock yourself out to do it all. You're there to enjoy it. They're there to enjoy it. And if someone can bring something, let them bring it. Have you settled on that menu yet? Well, it'll be the standard. We'll have beef tenderloin, Benedictine, (laughs) tomato cheese, bourbon balls. (laughs) Sounds delicious. We'll have all the good stuff. So that one's kind of easy because it's an every year um, occasion. This year, we're having fun with Easter because the Masters is on Easter Sunday. So it will be fun to kind of bring out that menu too for the wind down of Easter. Yes, yes. It's fun and it's also a conflict (laughs) in my house. Yes, yes. yes. (laughs) At our house, we celebrate early. So uh, the night will be, this is perfect. Let's sit on the patio and watch the Masters. That's what I need to do is this move the celebrating Easter earlier in the day because I yeah. always feel like Easter is getting squashed <laughs> for the Masters whenever it's on the same day. From um, Indiana and it was, you know, the, I kind of laugh that it's the old country mentality, but it was dinners at 1230 or 1. And supper is at five. You know? so <laughs> we always celebrate 1230 or one and you're finished and you do church, you do brunch, lunch and then or dinner, as she would say. And then by the late afternoon, you just eat sandwiches because it's if you're even hungry again. Yes. It's a big day in our household. That's for sure. Yes. And tell me the why. Um, what's really the reason behind why it's important for you to invite guests over into your home? Because I enjoy it. I mean, honestly, I think that it, I'm all about being happy and I'm staying positive. And I believe that I see everyone's face light up and you just have such good times and there are more laughs when there are people over and it doesn't have to be perfect to me. I always say that because people are worried about What you envision and what people see are two different things. And I always put it in the equation of like your wedding, you planned for that to be this certain way. And you were like, oh my gosh, that didn't turn out like I wanted. But I always try to tell people, think about the fact that no one knows what we were planning. No one else knows what it was supposed to look like. And all we see is beauty. So in your entertaining try and keep that in mind that yes, this table setting may not have looked just perfect or the mac and cheese didn't work, you know, look just like you wanted. And it's okay because people are just so grateful that you've invited them over and you're there to have a good time that you need to give yourself some grace and be glad that you pulled it off and got everyone together. That is good advice. And speaking of 
imperfect. Do you want yeah. to tell us any time that where things didn't exactly go as planned when you were entertaining? a really funny story and my husband's going to not love me for this. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> we've dated since we were, we've been together since we were 15, so it's okay. Uh, one year, um, his parents celebrate and I, they would have put Martha Stewart to shame before Martha Stewart came in town with the talent and his family and all of the just themed parties and events that happened. And one year at Christmas, his dad said, you know, Peter, can you and Mike, um, sorry, Mike, uh, (laughs) put some, you know, they would get a, I think like an eight foot or 10 foot tall Christmas tree for this one part of the great room. And he said, go get some sand to put in the bottom of the bucket to help, you know, hold it stable because we made it, you know, stabilized. Well, he accidentally put in cement. (laughs) So that tree, when it came time to have the party, was deader than a door. Oh, no. Because they had to actually cut the tree off in the break room and carry it outside because they could not lift the the base because it had cement. Oh, my goodness. That was the year that there was no Christmas tree. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. Well, yeah. In his defense, it said quick Crete sand, you know, so it was sand. Yes. They bought sand, but it was just cement sand. Oh, no. And then I guess they poured water in it. And then they kept watering it and watering (laughs) it and watering it. (laughs) Why is the, why are the, the, all the needles falling off? Oh, oh my goodness. That is bad. I bet that was a mess. It was. It was a good mess, but it makes for a good story. (laughs) It does. Well, what is the one piece of advice that you would give the new hostess that's just getting started? Again, I would say give yourself grace because (laughs) you're, you know, there's just no reason. It's everyone's there. They're happy to have it. And today's hostess has so many resources available to her with Pinterest and this podcast and your your blog your and, and, and you know instagram everything it helps they have so many resources where we would have had to go to a book and buy the martha stewart book on how to do entertaining yes and today it's available so go ahead and use all the resources that you can but also i say make it your own no two people are alike and so you need to celebrate that and do what is uniquely you for your events you know even Someone like me that you would consider like, oh, she's going to have it all together. I don't. I'm on Pinterest. I'm following you to figure out how to do a cute, quick tabletop. Mary Alice, you know, yeah. how can I make a cute centerpiece tomorrow in zero time? Yeah. And it's very helpful. And that's part of the thing about the resources that are out there now is that you all are making it easier to access. Shortcuts are a wonderful thing. They really are. Again, give yourself grace. If it doesn't go as planned and your son puts, you know, concrete in your tree, it's okay. <laughs> you can talk about it later, 20 years <laughs> later on a podcast. <laughs> That's good. Well, we have come to the time for a speed round. Are you ready? Sure. Let's hit it. All right. What is your favorite candy? Probably Hershey Kisses. Your least favorite candy? Anything with oh coconut, maybe? Mm. No, licorice, black licorice. 
Yes, that is the worst. Black That's jelly. the very worst. Black jelly beans. My husband eats those. <laughs> ah. uh, your favorite holiday? Oddly enough, and this will make sense when you look on my website, Halloween. Because there are no obligations. <laughs> That's true. And I paint pretty pumpkins. And my birthday's in the fall. The weather's beautiful. And it's just, so Halloween, as untraditional as that is. No, it's so fun. And I never thought about it, but partially it is because there are no obligations. <laughs> That's the number one thing is that coming from a large family is there there are no family obligations and there's no expectations on that day. And when you don't have children that are trick-or-treating or anything, it is just a day and it's right. beautiful. Now, who was your teenage celebrity crush? Oh gosh, I think it was Sean Cassidy, the Hardy Boys. And what is your all-time favorite cookbook? It is hysterical. Okay. It's a Southern Living book called Five Ingredients or Less that when the Southern Living at-home parties happened, they had a cookbook and it's out of print, but I think you can still find it on Amazon. But it is five ingredients or less. And we use those three or four of those recipes once a week at our house. Oh, Wow. It's wonderful. There's a creamy chicken casserole that is my son and all of his friends' favorite that is hysterical that there are literally five ingredients and they think I've, you know, hung the moon. Well, that is the best. I'm going to have to I really only cook in a kiln, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has been a joy having you today. Why don't you tell us before we go, where the listeners can find you, your website, social media, all the stuff. Great. I am. Um, I can be found at my website is for pizzasakepottery.com. On Instagram, for Pete's Sake Pottery. I have a TikTok. I think it's for Pete's Sake P because I couldn't do all of it. And I think those are the most, the easiest and the best ways to find me. All right. Well, Thank you again, Susan. I know our listeners enjoyed it. I hope everyone has a happy derby and I can't wait to see everyone's photos. (laughs) Please send us your photos. We want to see your photos and tag us of all your parties so we can see what you all did. Thank you, Susan. Oh, thanks, Christy. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Happy Hostess Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review it on your podcast app. It would mean the world to me. If you need links for anything mentioned during this episode, head over to happyhostesscollective.com and you'll find them in the show notes. A new episode comes out every Tuesday, and I can't wait for you to tune in next time. Until then, have a great week.